Hello and welcome to the Power of Now show. My name is Arthur Milton Porter III and today we're going to talk about a form of leadership that I think anyone who wants to be successful needs to look at and that is the servant leadership model. And I'm going to give you 10 principles of servant leadership. And the reason this is important because as a leader in the organization of your own business, you're going to have to uh, know how to lead effectively and, and, and to get people to follow you. And there's several styles of leadership. This is the one I particularly like. One, it is the one that uh, we definitely have reference to in the Bible. Uh, although Jesus was here, he, he was here to serve. And so I believe, again, just if you look at those principles, as we go through these, you will see that these are principles that will make people want to follow you. You don't want to be a bully leader where you're forcing people to follow. You want people to want to follow you. So these 10 principles of servant leadership are something that you should consider. Uh, the first one is listening. And here's a, a quote from Lee Iacocca, who was the former CEO of Ford and Chrysler. Listening can make the difference between a mediocre organization and a great one. As a servant leader, you have to know how to listen to your people. Again, I talked about other forms of leadership where, you know, maybe a bully leader or a leader by title. And most of those types of leaders don't even listen to the people. And the people are the ones who often know more about the situation than the leader. They know exactly what's going on, the impact that it's having, but there are a lot of people that will not listen, a lot of leaders that will not listen. A servant leader listens to people. And a lot of times people just want to be listened to. So how does this exemplify itself um, or, as a leader for you? That when there's an issue before you come out and make a decision or, or, or start a directive, Ask the people. Listen to what they have to say. What are some of their opinions? What are some of the things that they think? When people feel that they're being listened to, they have a much better chance of following you. The second principle is empathy. This quote is from President Theodore Roosevelt. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Empathy goes a long way. We all know of leaders, or let's say bosses or supervisors, that may ask us to come in on a Saturday that we're off. And for some leaders or bosses, you're going to say no automatically. But there are some that you're going to just automatically say yes to. And those are most often the ones that have shown empathy towards you. As a leader, when you show empathy, you, you think of outside of yourself. What does it mean to that person? You know, and that's part of listening as well. You see, all these relate to each other. So I'm listening to you, and you're telling me that you're, uh, your son is struggling in school. And I have empathy and say, hey, you know what? Uh, why don't you take off early? I know your son has finals. You want to help him with his, uh, with his studies. And that's a listener. That's, that's a leader that only listened, but he had empathy for your situation. That goes a long way. A lot of people don't show empathy. 
The next uh, thing is healing. And for this one, I got a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He says, as my sufferings mounted, I soon realized that there were two ways in which I could respond to my situation, either to react with bitterness or seek to transform the suffering into a creative force. I decided to follow the latter course. So as a leader, when things are tough or situations of conflict arise inside of your organization, you have to be the healer. You can't make one side happy and neglect the other side. A true leader heals both sides so that they can work together. So again, you have to start, again, a lot of this goes right back to listening and having empathy. What does it mean to this side? What does it mean to that side? What are the implications? How can I make it, make it a win-win situation for everybody? So as a leader, you're trying to heal. I've seen leaders that have lost half of their organization in a conflict because they picked one side over another side and didn't even try to heal the two. As a true servant leader, you have to learn how to heal. The fourth uh, thing I want to talk about is awareness. And a quote from Billie Jean King, she says, I think self-awareness is probably the most important thing toward being a champion. So a servant leader is aware. What are they aware of? They're aware of their shortcomings. They're aware of when they need help. They are aware that sometimes maybe somebody that's not the leader you know, may have more insight into something. So you have to be aware and show that awareness as a leader. The fifth thing I want to talk about is persuasion. And this, uh, what I want to say about that is a good leader, persuasion is vital to meet the group's goals or objectives. You must have the instinct of incessantly finding yourself seeking fulfillment through directing others to success. The power of persuasion. They say leadership is about influence. Do you have the influence to persuade someone? And what you're doing, is, and I like the way they said that, is you're actually leading the other person to success. Directing others to success. And when you look at persuasion, you have to, several things you think about. One is, what may persuade me may not persuade the next person. That's why you have to listen and know your, your people. So, for example, um, when I went, went to business with my sister years ago, her whole purpose of going into business was to have more free time to be at home with her kids. So her motivation was free time. I, being a greedy capitalist, my motivation was money. So if you were to you know, come to me and say, hey, Arthur, do you want more free time? It wouldn't persuade me. But if you say, hey, Arthur, this is where you can make some more money, but I would be persuaded. Likewise, we told my sister, hey, uh, we could really make a lot of money, but you'd have to work more, or you, or you'd have, you, you know, she probably would not be persuaded with that. But you say, hey, if you do this, you'll have more free time to be home. So again, you as a leader need to find out what makes each person individually 
be persuaded to go towards success. You know, that's what that's part of knowing your people. That's why again, all these kind of relate to each other. You know, you have to be a listener. You got to you got to be um, empath have empathy to them because you get to know them. You know, real leaders really get to know their people. You don't want to be the type of leader that sits up in an ivory tower looking down at people and you don't even know them. They don't know you. You want to be a leader that rolls up your sleeves, gets in there, works with them. They know who you are. And again, they respect you because of the way you, you're leading. They'll still follow you. A lot of people think they have to you know, put this big barrier up with them to, for them to lead somebody. When again, if you want to really, really be a servant leader, you want to get in the thick of it with your people. Another trait that a servant leader has to have is conceptualization. You know, you, everybody has a dream. You've got to be able to take that dream and conceptualize it for others. So the organization has goals, objectives. You've got to break those down to where your people buy into them as their goals and their objectives. You know, when I, when I consult with small businesses, I'll tell them, hey, you know, you may not be able to pay as much as a large corporation. And how are you going to get somebody to buy into your vision and work with you? And one of the ways is to share your dream, be able to conceptualize your dream to the other person and get them to buy into it. So, hey, you know what? We're a growing company. We're just starting. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of expansion. And the people that start with me and work diligently with me, as I grow, there'll be room for them, you know, in, in, the, in the higher positions. You know, as I open up a second, third, fourth location, I'll be needing people that have been following me to run those places. So now, again, they're beginning to see themselves. And even tell them, hey, you know what? I see you potentially being one of those people. Start training them. Start giving them information about how to be a leader. Invest in your people. Because then they will buy into the dream. Yes, we're trying to really make this one store successful so we can open up our second store. And when he opens the second store, I'm going to be the manager here. He's training me, grooming me. I know the vision. I see the, the big picture. So I may not be making as much right now. But I bought into the dream. So a good servant leader knows how to conceptualize his idea. Another good thing a servant leader needs to have is foresight. And they say that foresight is forecast plus insight. Foresight is forecast plus insight. So as a leader, you're vision casting. You're looking off into the future. And you have to have insight when you do that. I, you know, I just gave an example of someone talking about you know growing the company, but I have seen people that when they vision cast, they it's like you know, they they they're just so over the top positive with it, with no insight into what possibly could happen. So if you don't have for you to have foresight. You've got to be able to forecast all that, but also at the same time have enough wisdom to know, hey, but you know, these are some options. I always tell people you do a 
when you do a, when you're talking about your vision to people you know directly tell them the best case scenario then tell them the worst case scenario and then you tell them the most likely scenario that way they have insight into all three of your forecasts if everything goes perfect this is what we're going to look like if everything doesn't work this is how it's going to be but here's most likely what's going to happen see when you do that the person knows that it's not it's, it's more it's, it's more believable because nothing is going to be perfect so they see this they, they know what the ceiling is they know what the floor is and they know where they stand right now when you couple insight with your forecast another thing that a servant leader has to have is good stewardship and we use a bible quote for that one matthew 25 and 21 that reads thou hast been faithful over a few things I will make the ruler over many things. Stewardship. And I want you to think of, especially as an entrepreneur, when you're leading your people, that is a lot of trust. You know, you have, their future is basically in your hands. The decisions you make, the things that you do, affect their livelihood. They're, they're, they're working for you. This is their way of making money and taking care of their families. That's a lot of responsibility. So you got to be faithful over that. You know, and, and, it, and then I love the fact that they say that you're faithful over a few things. You learn to be a steward with little. Because if you can't manage little, you're going to really mess up a lot. So you, so when it's just, you know, one or two employees, you got to show that you you know how to you know you you know you're a good steward you know let's just use that payroll example because again you're they're feeding their families now what would I look like if if I've got two people and I've got you know payroll they're they they they're work they're depending on me for payroll and I can't make payroll but I'm you know I'm I'm a bad steward that went out and bought me a new truck or I don't pay you but i i get you know but i've I, you know we don't have enough money to pay you but i've been paid you see this a lot with these big companies where you know there's a bad they're laying off people but the uh, ceo is taking a, a raise but then you'll see some ceos they'll say you know what i'm not raising my salary while we're going through this time period you got to show that you're a good steward you know we, we you know while we're talking about payroll I, always tell people if you're an entrepreneur and you've got two sales two people that work for you and their payroll is five thousand dollars at the end of the month and you need thirty five hundred to make your house run and you collect that month six thousand dollars guess who comes up short as a servant leader as a good steward you take the L you pay your people and you figure out how you're going to make up the difference yourself. I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs go out of business because they always took care of themselves and never their people. And they wondered why they could never get people to stay. They wondered why they could never grow their organization because they were bad stewards.
So as a servant leader, focus on being a good steward. This was one I really love. Number nine, you've got to be committed to the growth of others. A key part to encouraging employee growth is making it safe for people to take some risk and make some mistakes. Consequently, you as a leader support people and avoid being critical. You've got to want as a leader to see those around you grow. I tell people, you know, you could be a leader that's leading people and you would have some traction and probably make some progress. But imagine if you were a leader leading other leaders. If you empowered everybody underneath you to be a leader as well, can you imagine the synergy of your growth? That's why you see corporations training their people on leadership all the time. They want people to be leaders. So you've got to be, and this is where, again, as a leader, you have to have confidence in yourself that, you know what? I want other people around me to know just as much as I know about leadership. I want them to be, I want to delegate to them authority and I want them to, to, to take ownership of their roles and really grow. And so again, if you're going to be a servant leader, part of that service is helping your other your people grow and to become better leaders. And when I and this is one where people always mess up with micromanaging. You know, you'll, you'll say, okay, I'm delegating to you uh, this task. But then you come and you're over their shoulder making sure they do it and, and tell them to do it the way you want. No, you have to let them do it. Let them make mistakes. Let them learn from their mistakes. And when you delegate, turn it over to them. And that is how you begin to grow. You know, often leaders, or entrepreneurs at least, when they start their businesses, because they won't do this one thing, grow other people, they get stuck in their business. You've got to get people to replace you so that you can work on the business and not in the business. And the only way you're going to do that is to delegate some of those tasks. You know, it's, it's hard for entrepreneurs because, again, that's their baby. They started that business. But, but no, you've got to say, you know what, I'm going to delegate this part of the business so I can work on the business as a CEO should and not in the business. So a good servant leader wants to grow the people around them. And then the tenth thing, the final thing, is as a servant leader, you want to do community building. You want to build teams. Community builders reject isolation. They move first. They actively move toward rather than away. And that's toward building teams. You don't want to have every, all these isolated pockets of people. You want everybody to be on the team. And you've probably seen this in places you've worked where, you know, they have all kinds of team activities and team building uh, workshops because they want you to be a part of a team. So you have to do the same thing as a servant leader. You got to let everybody know that whatever role they play is important in the team. That it's one, it's one team. You know, the person that answers the phone, the receptionist, is just as important as the salesman 
who closes the big deal. Because if she didn't answer the phone, if she was rude to the person on the phone, she could set a pace, uh, you know, she could set it where the person didn't want to talk business anymore. So everybody plays their role on the team, and, and when the team wins, everybody wins. You know, look at sports, the NFL. Uh, when, when, the, when the team wins the Super Bowl, everybody gets rings. The person in marketing gets rings. The person that, you know, the person that was uh, the equipment managers, everybody, because they realize it's a team. Nobody wins unless we all win. And so you want to build, show your people around you that you are into team building. It's very, very important. So let's look at servant leadership. And, you know, I want you to envision this in your mind. When you look at the word serve, it's S-E-R-V-E. So let me tell you what each one of those letters mean. The S means see the future. As a servant leader, you've got to see the future. No one's going to follow somebody that doesn't have a vision. You have to see the future. The first E means engage and develop others. Engage and develop others. We just talked about that. You're not going to do it by yourself. And you're going to do it much quicker with people that are leaders and well-developed than you would if you just had people that were following you. So engage and develop others. Or reinvent continuously. And that comes from listening. So you may have a plan, you may have a vision, but if you're listening to the people, you may have to change the course just a little bit. You have to change the goal. You know, I'm still going from point A to point B, but maybe instead of going straight, maybe I have to go around this way. Reinvent continuously. Don't get so rigid that you don't know how to reinvent and modify to reach the goal. V, value results and relationships. Really value people. And I've been talking, if you were listening to this channel, I'm strong on relationships. Value results and relationships. If I get the results with no relationships, what do I have? Value results and relationships. You've heard this, I'm going to say it one more time. If you make a sale, you get a commission. If you make a friend, you'll make a fortune. So value your relationships. And then the last E, embody the values. You should be the walking example of what you want from your people. It's got to all look consistent. I can't tell my people, hey, I want you to be on time and always be professional. And then I come into the office 10, 15, 20 minutes late for appointments. People waiting for me. And I come in and I'm, you know, not professional. People will do what they see you do more than what they hear you say. You know, I used to, when we first started our business, we would uh, talk to a lot of small businesses and they would say, man, I don't understand, you know, why people aren't coming to my business or, or, or it's not growing like I wanted to. And we would have them call their business. And they would call their business and, and you know, anonymously, it would just call. And they would see the kind of reception people get when they call. 
let me tell you what you used to find out, what you used to see all the time, where they were people that were bitter and angry and rude to customers, it was normally an indication that, that was how they were being treated. So if you don't embody what you want, if you want your people to treat the customers right, then treat the people right. I mean, you look at, you know, and I'm, again, this is just an example. I'm sure that there's, not all of them are like that. But you look at some of these Chick-fil-A's where people are happy and, and the managers are running around treating everybody and they got all these benefits and they're being treated nicely. They tend to treat the customers nicely. But you go to some of these other places where people are underpaid and overworked and they're snappy, they're irritable because, again, they are reflecting the way that they're being treated. So that's a little bit about servant leadership. I hope that you um, adopt that as your form of leadership. That is the most effective form of leadership. That's the most long-lasting form of leadership. And uh, that is one that, again, I personally live by. Servant leadership. So this has been the Power of Now show. Thank you for watching. I'm sorry. Thank you for listening. And uh, be blessed.